Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about new research into whether you can change your personality and why historians are stumped about the history of Japan's indigenous people. We'll also answer a listener question about why you jerk awake when you're falling asleep. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. New research suggests that you can change your personality. Kind of. Probably. Maybe? Depending on the situation. Science doesn't have all the answers all the time. Yeah, science isn't there to, like, tell you exactly what everything is. They could just steer you in the right direction. Suggest things. Mm -hmm. See what things are generally true. Yeah. So, according to most psychologists, our personalities are sort of like teeth. They're stable from day to day, but they can shift over time. So this study looked at how we might shift them on purpose. Researchers had 377 psychology students take a personality test to measure their big five personality traits. Longtime listeners will know the acronym OCEAN, which stands for openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Scientists use the big five a lot, so it's a pretty legit way to measure your personality. Anyway, the researchers in this study asked participants if there were any traits they wanted to work on changing. The most popular goal was reducing neuroticism. So every week for the next 15 weeks, participants accepted up to four challenges designed to push them toward their goals. These were designed to be small, reasonable, and measurable ways to change thought patterns and habits, the type of stuff you might see in a self-help book. So for instance, if you wanted to work on neuroticism, a challenge might be to spend two minutes visualizing the best case scenario whenever you feel worried about the future. If you were working on extroversion, you might tackle challenges like introducing yourself to someone new. And people's suggested challenges got harder over time, ramping up kind of like a workout regimen. By the end of the study, a lot of them had made progress towards their goals of changing their personalities. Hooray, you can change your personality. Well, not so fast. There was a catch. For the most part, researchers found that the more challenges a person completed in those 15 weeks, the more progress they made. Aspiring extroverts got more extroverted if they completed 30 challenges than they did if they completed 20. The same was true for people working on their conscientiousness and neuroticism. Openness and agreeableness were more stubborn and relatively unaffected by challenges. But get this, people who signed up for a challenge and couldn't complete it experienced the opposite effect. So like if you were trying to be more extroverted and you failed at the challenge to make yourself more extroverted, then you would actually become less extroverted. You'd backslide. Researchers aren't exactly sure why this is. Since the study relied on participant-reported personality data, it may have just been a sign that failing a challenge made people see their personality issue as bigger than before. Then again, maybe the very act of accepting a challenge felt like progress and made them relax more deeply into the trait they wanted to fix, kind of like how you might overeat after a week of successful dieting. Overall, the study seems to suggest that you can change your personality, but you can't just want to change it. You have to work on it steadily and concretely. So before you take on a project like becoming more extroverted, make sure you're seriously committed to it, or you could end up more introverted instead. Everyone came from somewhere. You probably know about Native Americans here in the U.S. and Aboriginal Australians, but have you ever heard of the Ainu? They're the indigenous people of Japan. And they were already around when the people who would eventually become what we think of today as the Japanese showed up on the island about 2,300 years ago. One reason why they're a bit less well-known is because they weren't even recognized by the Japanese government until 2008. That's despite the fact that their distinct language, culture, and religious practices have been around for millennia. 
the Ainu language is unrelated to any other known language on the planet, and their religious and cultural traditions don't have a whole lot to do with any of their closest neighbors. They also look different from the greater population of Japan. They have thick, curly hair that often grows blonde or red, their eyes range from brown to blue, and their skin is more pale than their Japanese neighbors. But what's really interesting from a historical perspective is what went on before the Ainu's recent history, as in around the 14th millennium BCE. That's what historians call the Jomon period, or cord marked. It's named after the particular patterns of pottery from the time. See, there were people on Japan's central island of Honshu as early as this period of history, but historians can't tell if the Ainu and the Jomon people from that time are one and the same. On one hand, both cultures were hunter-gatherers, and historians don't think either of them practiced much agriculture. But, on the other hand, modern Ainu culture doesn't suggest the affinity for pottery that the Jomon had mastered, and the Ainu did use metal tools and build permanent above-ground dwellings, which the Jomon did not. Archaeologists also discovered a seed repository in southern Hokkaido, which suggests the Ainu and their ancestors actually were practicing agriculture several thousand years ago. These days, most Japanese historians think the Jomon people could have been two or three distinct groups. But if the Ainu was one of those groups, then what happened to the others? The history of the Ainu just goes to show how learning a few things about history can lead to so many questions. There's always so much more to learn. I could never be a historian. I watched a documentary that Werner Herzog narrated about like the oldest cave paintings on the planet, and the number of questions that they will never have a definitive answer to, I can't do that. But I think that's maybe actually the appeal for some people that are really into studying history is right. thinking about what the possibilities were and trying to maybe narrow it down to what the possibilities were. But shout out to the historians listening because it's a lot. Gotta get creative. Until we have time machines. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Purple Mattress. Do you have a hard time falling asleep at night or staying asleep? If getting a good night's sleep is a struggle, then you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress is made of a brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not memory foam. The Purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time, so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. You can get a 100-night risk-free trial, and if you're not fully satisfied, then you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's also backed by a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns, 0% APR financing, and free in-home setup and old mattress removal. You're going to love Purple. And right now, Curiosity Daily listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text CURIOUS to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is to text CURIOUS to 474747. That's C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 474747. Message and data rates may apply. We got a listener question from Angela who asks, Sometimes right after I've fallen asleep, you know, the window when you're not quite asleep but you're not quite awake either, I'll have a muscle spasm somewhere on my body. It's random. It will make me jerk semi-violently, which wakes me up. I'm wondering what causes those spasms and why are they always worse when you're overtired? Great question, Angela. It turns out that this is such a common phenomenon that it has an official name, the hypnic jerk. According to the National Sleep Foundation, as many as 70% of people have experienced this at some point. Unfortunately, we don't actually know exactly what causes a hypnic jerk. It's possible that as your muscles relax and your brain nods off and loses track of its surroundings, the occasional nerve misfires, resulting in a twitch. 
Another theory goes the evolutionary route. Maybe when our ancestors lived in trees, drifting off to sleep signaled the imminent danger of falling to the ground, so that violent jerk helped keep them safe. A third theory says it's a conflict between the part of your brain that's falling asleep and the part of your brain that's still awake. You don't fall asleep all at once, and sometimes wakefulness can put up a fight by overreacting and giving your muscles a sudden jerk. Whatever the cause, there are ways to keep hypnic jerks at bay if they're causing you trouble. Stimulants like caffeine, alcohol, and Adderall have been linked to a higher frequency of hypnic jerks, and stress and anxiety don't help either. So really, the best way to fight them is also the best way to get better sleep. Work to reduce your stress, cut down on stimulants, and maybe keep your phone out of your bedroom for good measure. Thanks for your question, Angela. If you have a question, send it in to podcast at curiosity.com. Before we wrap up, we want to give a special shout out to Dr. Mary Yancey, who gets an executive producer credit today for her generous support on Patreon. Thank you so much. If you're listening and you want to support Curiosity Daily, then visit patreon.com slash curiosity.com, all spelled out. We're producing special podcast episodes and offering other exclusive perks to show our appreciation for your support. One more time, you can learn more at patreon.com slash curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.